Hey, drama listeners, it's Dylan, and it is a very special day for Connor and I, as it is our 30th birthday. That is, if you're listening to it on August 30th, 2023, in honor of our birthday, I humbly ask the best thing that you could do for us would be to support us in some way. And if you're listening to this, that probably means that you already do. So thank you for listening, for downloading, sharing, subscribing. But if you haven't yet, it would be really amazing if you could follow us on our social media pages. We're just at The Drama Podcast, and that's in our notes below. You could also support us financially on our Patreon for $5 a month. And that's where you'll get bonus episodes, close friends, Instagram content, and more. Or if you're feeling extra kind, you could even leave us a review on whichever podcast app you use. It really would help us with the algorithm and would mean a lot to us on this milestone birthday as we bring back one of our most iconic guests of all time. You know him, you love him. He now has a Tony Award, Matt Doyle. He was one of our earliest guests on drama, and we get into everything that's happened since that fateful December night back in 2019, believe it or not. So thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for all of the support, and here's to even more drama, and enjoy Matt Doyle. Let's get on with the show. Press play. Curtain up an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater. Pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, it's a big day for us. It's our 30th birthday. Well, this is dropping on our 30th birthday, our golden birthday. I know, you know. How? We don't look a day over 20. We'll go 24. Okay, okay. Yeah, 24. Okay. I yeah, love yeah. that. I, we still get carded everywhere. I mean, it's a blessing. I know, I know. I, I got 24 recently. Mm-hmm. But you do look and, very. Young. And then I went like this with my forehead, and they were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, oh, you, you've been through a lot. Wait, speaking of, I think I've decided I do want Botox in this spot between my eyes because it—I know I have my Zoom filter on, so you can't really see—but it makes Connor, me. Connor, what have angry. you become? It makes you me look 30. angry. No, I'll be taking like a moody selfie, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, you look pissed." No, I think it, it shows that you've you've experienced life, and that you. You, unlike Reese Witherspoon, you can actually show emotion in your forehead. So no, her Botox is good. Yeah. The only thing is, it's up to like her hairline. You see r- some uh, wrinkles. It's weird how they did it, but um, if she was she wearing a lace front wig, she could blend that together, and it would all make sense. But excellent point. Yeah, excellent yeah, yeah. Point. Like her co-star Nicole Kidman often does, but I don't know. Always if, does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always, always does. Always. Yeah, yeah. Always. Anyways, so we're we're thirty. We're flirty and thriving, as the Jen Garner film said, which I don't want to rewatch because it would make me sob at this point. It's so good. You know what's kind of funny though? When we were 13, we met our guest. <laughs> Wait, so no. 13 going on 30 <laughs> with Matt Wait, Doyle. That's crazy. And he was also 13. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's Wait, so we fun. Were, not, were we yeah, 13? We were, we were, yeah. Oh my God. So fun. 
And in the rule of three, you know, 13, 30, well, in terms of threes, this is the third guest we've ever had on the pod that's come back. Yes, I love that stuff. length mm-hmm. chat. And we what always a, knew we'd want him back eventually. And he's also been in such demand from the listeners. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I know. And I'm so happy he's here to celebrate with us and also to get a little reunion on the books here. Yes. We got to celebrate our birthday with family, Dylan. So. And he has some exciting news that has happened recently. So we need to chat all about that. He also has a Tony now. He does. <laughs> I was expecting it to be like in the background, like casually posed, but. <laughs> I need to know where it is. People love asking that. Where do you keep your this? Well, you- I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'd keep my my Tony <laughs> that I'll never have. I feel like I'd keep it like in our parents' house because I don't want to like disturb it. I don't know. I don't want people coming over and like keep it safe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll find out where Matt's is today, but I'm going to read him in first. Our guest today helped put drama on the map as one of our first ever guests. Since then, he was awarded the 2022 Tony Drama Desk and Outer Critics Circle Award for Best Performance by an actor in a featured role in a musical. These accolades came for his show-stopping high-octane performance as Jamie in Stephen Sondheim's Company. He followed up this career high by taking on the beloved role of Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway. You'll recall that our guest has also been on Broadway in Book of Mormon, Our Beloved Spring Awakening, Bye Bye Birdie, and War Horse, as well as appeared in Jasper and Deadland, A Clockwork Orange, Sweeney Todd, Brooklynite, West Side Story, Giant, and more. Since we last saw him, he even reprised his role of Jonathan in the Gossip Girl reboots. He is a fierce advocate for LGBTQ visibility, is now an engaged man to his gorgeous fiance, is a proud dog daddy of three, is a solo artist, concert king, and will soon be starring in the titular role in Sinatra, the musical. Please welcome back to drama, Matt Matt Doyle. Doyle. Oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. Also, I had no idea that this was a birthday episode, so happy birthday. That's amazing. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) Thank you. When is your Um, birthday? My birthday is May 13th, and I'm 36 now. So I do have a few years on you guys. And I remember meeting you at the stage door because it was in Cleveland, right? It was. was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I there were not a lot of people at that stage door for that one performance that I did there um, mm-hmm. on tour because I was like flown in emergency to do it. Because Kyle Riabko booked a pilot. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. a pilot that what was that even called? It was called I, Limelight, I believe, and it was like no, a, wasn't it called Greenlight? Was it Greenlight? Green Something like that. Greenlight, yeah. It was a Glee era, yeah, it was like a Glee show. era knockoff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I flew in and met you guys, and then moved on to Toronto, the next city. It was like <laughs> done in a flash. Yeah, you were a hero. You were like the super savior of before, like COVID era. Like these stories we hear about people like jumping right. into shows they haven't done in a while, and you were that first. Yeah, I did it first, mm-hmm. you guys. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever talk we were diving like right in we're gonna get into it but i'm curious when you were in spring awakening on broadway was there ever talk about you doing melchior full-time or was it always like they were gonna have like hunter Parrish do it instead or whatever yeah i think there was absolutely talk when i first started and was covering jonathan and then you know things happen i also needed to grow up a lot during that run and i think when i was covering jonathan i might have been you know good for the role but i think emotionally i had hadn't grown up to that kind of leadership level that Jonathan Hmm. was at. And I don't know if I would have gotten the job if Hunter 
didn't come in. And then also just because it was a long run and we needed to bring in somebody that might sell some tickets. Hunter came in and he was so talented mm-hmm. too, obviously, and, and great for the role. But there was talk in the beginning. And then I think that it like fizzled as I was there. <laughs> and then and then Michael felt, you know, oh, I'll, I'll give you a shot. And do you want to do this full time on tour? And I only did a small stint mm-hmm. at that point because I had been in the show for so long and was ready to move on. But uh, yeah, you know, it was like there and then gone and there and gone a couple of times. So it's like, maybe I, I'll get it. Maybe I won't. Maybe yeah. I'll get it. Maybe I won't. Yeah. I'm sure it was the biggest deal in the world too, back when it was happening. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember like sobbing over it, you know, and like at being so stressed about it. And there was like one meeting that we all had where we got to talk to Michael about like why we should play the part. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not even joking, like all the covers. And I like sat down and I was like, listen, I've grown up a lot, you know, like had that like face-to-face conversation with him. And he was like, great. Good to know. Good to know. But yeah, it's so weird to think back on all of that because it was, it was life or death at the Mm -hmm. time. And, you know, you think back and I'm now like, wow, that would have been, I'm so glad things went the way they did. I'm so glad I got to play Hanshin and got to do something just so out of the box for me and and different and unexpected. And and it was good for me. It was good for me to play that part and and to uh, not be Melchior and the romantic lead and all that. Gosh, but I remember we were stoked when you came to Cleveland to do it. It it felt like this huge moment for us. How old were you at the time? I think I was 20, 21 at the time. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. It's (laughs) It's crazy. It's so weird. I know. I I can't believe how much time has gone by. I I said to Max the other day, we were like looking around and at the apartment and our dogs and everything. I was like, I just can't get over how fast time flies. Like, I still feel like I just came to the city that I'm like a young actor, which is not true by any means anymore, and just started, you know, like that still feels so recent. And yet it is not. Listen, you have done so many amazing things, though, in the last couple of years, and you still read so young. I mean, oh, thank you you very much. Yes, of course. Of course. Do you have any advice for us as we head into our 30th year? Oh, gosh, I was, you know, that was a off period, I think, for me, you know, in terms of the business, I turned 30 right was it it was right after or during Sweeney Todd off Broadway so I was doing a lot of stuff that was making me feel good but not necessarily paying the bills Mm -hmm. and I was in this kind of weird place of just like I'm gonna just see where life leads because I am happy doing this and I want to do this and this feels good but this is also not financially viable in any way shape or form yeah so let's just see where life leads let's make money on the side and uh you know I have no idea what's next and that was kind of my feeling. And it was the first time I was allowing myself to feel that way because my 20s were all, you know, I have to get this. I have to do that. I like really hungry and anxious and determined in a in an unhealthy way. Mm. And I think 30s allowed me to relax. And everyone will tell you that your 30s are so much better than your 20s. And it's true because you've started to figure yourself out more and you've started to know your identity and build some confidence in yourself. And without even realizing it you're like oh god thank god no one's going to consider me a 20 or something anymore and they'll trust me a little bit more and they'll they'll know that i uh i can actually uh do things now yeah. <laughs> like it just changes the second you turn 30 people are like oh okay i can yeah. i can respect you a little bit more and it allows you a little bit more freedom to just relax into yourself and that was that was a huge huge change and shift for me 
no more uh-huh. sitting at the kids' table. So that's exciting. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate the insight, Matt. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of time flying and the years going by, you were one of our very first guests on, on Drama. And I, Dylan said this at the top, but you really helped put us on the map when we were such a baby podcast. That's ridiculous. And I told you this before, but you're... That episode is still in like our top five yeah. of most downloaded, str- listened ever. And that was such a huge moment for us. But we haven't had like a proper full-blown sit-down catch-up with you. I mean, we've chatted through the years, obviously, and we've seen each other. But we like to check in with our guests. We like to ask them how they're doing. Matt, are you well? I am. <laughs> this is so surreal because we sat down right before company started. It mm-hmm. was like talking about booking that role. And it was pre- pre-COVID and pre-all of that. And... That just turned into such a different journey and so insane. And uh, I can't believe what's happened since then. And yeah, I'm really well. I feel very different, I'm sure, than I, I felt back then in a lot of different ways and have a very different perspective on the world and life now and in ways that I, I never, ever could have possibly anticipated, especially because of the pandemic. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Oh, yeah. But overall, I'm really good. Like right now is like a really good moment in time for me. So it'll be fun to capture this and have it on the <laughs> podcast. So if things are, are are down one day, I can look back and be like, things can be good. <laughs> what what is what is making life so good right now? I just feel like I think what I just said to you about your 30s, I kind of feel that way about myself right now. I, I finally, for um, several different reasons, have a little bit more self-confidence. <laughs> and it's changed how I approach a lot of different things. I'm just excited for whatever might roll my way and feeling secure in what I'm doing and feeling secure in my love life and feeling secure in my personal life for a lot of different reasons and feeling just very stable and excited about what's next. And that's always a really nice space to be in and I've experienced a couple times over the years but not like this like this finally feels like okay I can just take a breath and trust myself and trust my craft and my instrument and what I have to offer and keep exploring and that's Mm -hmm. like a really just awesome place to to be in because you kind of uh seek that your whole career and I'm sure that will all go out the window soon so (laughs) great moment I'm so happy for you. It's like emanating off of you, to be honest with you. I can really feel it. I mean, I don't even know where I want to begin with all these different things. But first of all, congrats on getting engaged. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we've been together for like eight years. And we're so funny because we are, you know, obviously very much in love with each other. But we're not like a super romantic couple in terms Mm. of like, you know, somebody planning the proposal and all of that. So we even when we announced it, we were like, oh, wow, people are like really freaking out. That's great. (laughs) You know, that's really nice because it was just so casual for us. We were like, we should get rings when we're on this trip since we're going to all these like nice cities that are jewelry capitals of the world. We got engaged on a cruise playbill cruise oh. we were going through like the netherlands and just these amazing cities and thought we were gonna end, end, buy rings in amsterdam where we ended up but uh we stopped in this small port of uh Schoenoven, uh oh. the netherlands yeah as you do walked by a jeweler in the middle of the village and looked in and she like lifted up her blowtorch mask and was like hello <laughs> and i was like this is it we yeah. have to find something and we found these two rings at the back of her like display cabinet and i was like those are really beautiful can we get those resized like would we be able to do that quickly and she was like well i'd have to send them to you and i was like well let's just try them on and they both were perfect fits so we were like we gotta do it we yeah. gotta 
went to it. Like, how rare and absurd is that? And they yeah. were like, oh, I'm sure one was meant for a man and one was meant for a woman. But <laughs> I, the woman's fit me beautifully. Yes. And, your uh, slender hand. Yeah, you're so yeah, dainty, man. Yeah, so dainty. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were like, well, we got to do it. And it was perfect. And there was no, like, getting down on one knee. I think there's a video of us. And it's like, whoa, we're engaged now. <laughs> That's it. That was it. Was there anyone with you from the Playbill cruise? No, no. We just, like, walked in. And then we walked back to the boat. And Alex Birch, who's actually one of the owners of Playbill, looked at us. And he was like, hey, guys, welcome back. And we were like, we're engaged. He was like, what? What, is talk- what are you talking about? <laughs> then they announced it that night to, like, everyone on the cruise. And we were like, all right, this is getting weird. <laughs> That's Did you amazing. have a chance to tell like friends or anyone before they announced on this cruise? Uh, we hadn't told enough people because like <laughs> I, oh, we just like were in such a different bubble when we were like away, you know, oh, yeah. and, and all these people were finding out and like Beth Level knew before like my mom knew, you know, <laughs> and it was just, it was so surreal to like get text messages from people like, hello, why would you not tell me that? <laughs> Did not reach out to our close friends soon enough, I will say that. <laughs> Were you performing on the cruise? Yeah, yeah. We had okay. each had a show. I was on the cruise with Jesse Mueller, Beth Level, Ken Page, and I think that's it. And Max and me. <laughs> wow, that's honestly so fun. Yeah, it was a beautiful group. Oh my God. I love those people so much. I knew Jesse and I knew Beth, but like getting to know Ken, what a wonderful human being. He's just incredible and still can sing his face off. It's just outrageous. So wasn't he old Deuteronomy yeah, and cats? Like when okay. he was like very, very young to be playing that role. So you think, oh, surely like he must be ancient. He's not at all. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He's like really like just in such great shape and his voice sounds incredible and he's just so such a wonderful human being. Oh my God. I love Ken. Oh, that's such a great experience too yeah. that you were on Playbill's cruise. You know, I wonder if they'll use you as the poster children for like Finding well, they like announced it on Playbill that way that we got engaged on a Playbill cruise, and we were like, "That's not the headline." Oh, they got the exclusive. <laughs> yeah, we were like, "That's not the headline. That's not fair." But I, uh-huh. understand. I understand. That'll be their Valentine's ad next of year. Course, It'll run. Of uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. And Max has been busy himself. I mean, yeah, yeah, being a leading man and doing the thing with all yeah. of his—he's always in a show. I know, and we had a great year last year it was incredible to have all of that success and kind of that journey happen after such a hard time with the pandemic and and both of us having these dream jobs because he had booked standing by for Hugh Jackman before the pandemic and I was you know in the middle of uh, preview performances with company and then it was all just taken away from us in a, a flash and there were so many moments where I didn't think it was ever going to come back. So to see it come back and turn into what it did was really special for the both of us and such an unbelievable emotional payoff after all of that uh, trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, my God. And then he just did Singing in the Rain, right? Yeah, he did it up in a gunquit, Maine. And it, I think it was great for him because, A, he was really close to all of his family up there. They're all up in, like, uh, northern New Hampshire. So they were able okay. to see him and he was close to family. And he's like, I want to do this every year i love mm-hmm. a gunquit it's like a perfect spot for him it's so so incredible like 60 people from his hometown came one day and they all had these uh. like rags these rally rags that they were like <laughs> throwing up <laughs> in the air that his mom got made oh they're a fun group up in uh manchester new hampshire and uh, hampton beach I, love them all. I feel like you guys are such a power couple on broadway and i know i don't know if you feel that from the way you guys get attention on social media but is it weird like navigating social media as this front and center Broadway 
you know, everyone's obsessed with you guys kind of couple. Yeah, it is. I think the biggest change between Max and some of my prior relationships is like, (laughs) we try not to do too much or make our socials necessarily about us and especially like on the grid. Yeah. We share things in our stories and everything, especially if something funny happens between us, but in the way that like I would always share that even if Max was my roommate, you know, but in terms of like really like trying to show the world, like this is us as a couple, like that's never been us. And uh, somebody said to us recently, like you guys should do a show together. And the two of us almost threw up. I mean, it's like, (laughs) it's just not who we are. And I think that's why it works is there's no competition in our relationship. We do completely different things in the business, but we completely understand the business and support each other in that. And, and yeah, we're not trying to make this, social media aspect of our relationship like a business you know yes that's when it gets really harmful i think at least in my opinion if it works for other people out there great good job but it's 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 inauthentic and i've never felt the need to be like see we're in love you know mm-hmm. even the engagement like photo and announcement like I, it felt so weird clicking like post on that because it was mm. the most exposed displaying of the state of our relationship and everything that we'd done in a while. So yeah. we try to just like be like, I love this person. He's great. He's obviously in my life. You all know that. Like that's the kind of uh, vibe that I think yeah. we stick to in, in a lot of our posts. Because I think a lot of people let their relationship define themselves. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's the healthiest thing. We're very, the the day, very different you know? people. I also like, miss so many posts on his instagram all the time because he's not like in my algorithm it's so bizarre and which is it seems so shitty but it's the same for him too because like i see him every day so i'm not like dying to see what max clayton posted i know what he posted uh, i was probably like there so every now and then i'll get this like thirst trap up from max's like instagram feed i'm like what is this when did you put that up <laughs> Keeps things fresh, I guess, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were good. Where was that taken? Yeah. Well, listen, we mentioned company a few times and we were at one of the final previews of the March 2020 run. We were at like yeah. the Wednesday night. I remember we we sent you some Maker's Mark backstage. It felt very appropriate. Oh, that was so sweet. You guys are amazing. And then I think you maybe had like a week of yeah. shows, maybe yeah. less. The thing that made me sad about that, and I know this was me being selfish because I obviously had no ties to the production other than, you know, you, but was that it was supposed to open on Sondheim's birthday. And that to me like felt so poetic. And I just was, and then it was like, oh, a year later, there was, you guys were still going to yeah. do it on Sondheim's birthday or something like we're that. Try again. And then it just sure, didn't happen yeah. that way. But that just like would have been so cool to me. But I guess that's small fish to fry compared to like the, the, I know it it was hard though because it was supposed to be on his 90th birthday too so it was supposed to be just this epic celebration and there were a lot of things that in all the joy that came with coming back that were also still incredibly painful we lost him five days after our first preview and after he saw us Mm. at our first preview and gave us notes and we talked to him and had emails from him and there were just so many moments in that entire run because everybody was like that must have been an incredible year I'm like, it was, but it was also like the most exhausting and still most traumatic year of my life because it was an impossible, impossible time to navigate with, with losing him and then also going right into Omicron, which just completely 
shook any any good news about our business and and uh, brought us back down to kind of zero again. And it was very, very hard to push yeah. through that. And there were all of these just crazy highs and lows throughout all of that. But, you know, it worked out the way it was supposed to, I guess. And I, I will say the best thing about the pandemic, uh, if there's any silver lining, is <laughs> every single performance in that show grew tenfold afterwards because a lot of mm-hmm. us just threw out so many fears and anxieties that we were holding on to during that that first nine previews that we did where I was only thinking about like oh are people going to compare me to Jonathan Bailey or if I am I gonna impress the people that love this song so much and just all that anxiety around just doing that part and doing that role when I came back after two years of not being able to perform at all after the world shut down and we didn't even know if theater would return it was like I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care mm-hmm. about that. That's ridiculous. That's silly and nothing to do with what we're doing here. And it took a pandemic to reach that. People will tell you that mm-hmm. and say it to your face. Don't think about that. But you do and you stress about it. and You overanalyze everything. But I really, for all of us and Patty included, you know, it was just like, I'm grateful to be back on the stage doing this. And that's all that matters. And that shifted everyone's performance everyone grew because of that i mean it was such a solid cast we were lucky enough to chat with jennifer samar bobby conti yeah i mean so many people that came on the show and they all just said the same thing about what a family it was and people say that but in this case it actually was you know it was just such a cool thing to hear about connor and i then got to go to one of the early performances when you guys came back and everything you said 100 true yeah most specifically katrina link i know I know. I loved Katrina so much in that mm-hmm. show. And, you know, especially once all of the like the press was over and the critics were gone and she just got to sit in the role and, and continue to like blossom in it. And her voice really opened up. It was just like I just I loved what she did with it. I thought it was so special and so unique and sincere and haunting and beautiful and specific and all the things that I want Sondheim to be. And I totally just. Uh, it's a performance that I'll hang on to for a really long time. She taught me a lot and especially a lot about listening. No one can listen like Katrina does. And I got to throw anything I wanted Mm. at her every single night on stage. And she would just play with me. I mean, it was just the best tennis match in the world. And if she was feeling a certain way, I would, you know, feed off of that and where her Bobby was in that moment. And we had a really emotional scene together and it was just always incredible to, uh, to be up there with her and receive it. I never did a show without her because I was a part of the Omicron group when we were all down and out. So she was my Bobby the whole time. And and it was a really special, special time to, uh, to work with someone that talented. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And Matt, you were beyond in oh, that show. I mean, so I was so thrilled to see, see you thriving in this role that felt just perfect for everything you can do. I mean, it was stunning. Thank you. And Thank then of course, you. You won a Tony Award for it. <laughs> it's so wild. What did that feel like? I know that sounds like kind of a silly question, but... No, it's not silly at all. Completely overwhelming, and I'm also really glad it happened that way when it did and, and at the time in my life that it happened because I don't think I would have taken it in and just enjoyed it the same way that I, I did that night and and so on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that night and only that night now, I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I worked so hard for that role and so hard on that role and through so much with the pandemic. So just in regards to that role alone, it felt like reaching the peak of a very, very tall mountain that I've been climbing for years. But 
also beyond that, I've had so many ups and downs in this business. We talked about it on the last podcast and how I kind of came back and went away and did different things and tried to really assess what was mm-hmm. right for me. And I, and during all that time, I, I know I grew up so much and had a, a much better perspective on things, especially after uh, the pandemic. And to win something like that, which was such a dream when I came to the city and, and this aspiration for kind of all the wrong reasons mm. um, to win it when it felt really right. And I really understood that kind of an honor was really special and overwhelming. And I just, yeah, I can't believe it. It's it's so ridiculous. It's a really weird. If people introduce me now and they'll say it and I'm like, that's no. That's <laughs> it like- just feels so right though, Matt. Like it just feels so right. And your, your tux that <laughs> night. You. I mean, that was, your oh, speech it was the best was of the night the it was everything about it just <laughs> worked so well yes thank you thank you so much oh have God. you ever met jonathan bailey no no i've never met him never? i like i at the very beginning of the run i like followed him on instagram and like sent him a message that was never opened and he never followed <laughs> back and i was like oh okay never mind brutal yeah but I maybe he doesn't run his own page maybe no, it's oh, like a I, maybe, manager maybe or something, you know but also like i i remember bringing him up like sheepishly to marianne when we came back and i was like so like you think like jonathan would like like me like does he like does he hate that like someone else is playing the part or, like you know all these different things she was like what shut up no i'm sure yeah. he's busy <laughs> like i'm sure he's not <laughs> thinking about it matt <laughs> i think similarly none of us were thinking about his performance because you know at that point because oh, you really just owned it well the benefit is like i never never saw him i didn't see the production when it was in london marion wouldn't let me watch a single video i never saw a bootleg so all all i know about the role is is what marion was telling me so that was very smart on her part and she made sure that that was true for all of us and that's why she casts completely new cast when she brings it to a different country she does that with warhorse she did that with uh, curious incident it was it's a common pattern of hers because she wants to build something from the ground up and have no preconceived notions about something and it was very helpful mm-hmm. for me i think that's cool Dylan, we should get her on the and i would love to chat with her <laughs> i know she would love you guys oh my god i love everything Aww. she's done you know, yeah so. Oh, she's she's a riot. I love Marianne so much. <laughs> I yeah. wonder what she's got cooking right now. She just shot a movie. I know that. And I'm going to see her probably in the next few weeks because I'm going to be out in London yes. and uh, get to spend some time out there and all next year, I think. So that that will be nice to to be with uh, my my lo- lovely Marianne. We will get to London in a sec. We will. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious about something company related really quick. You know, the Tonys happened. You've been doing the show, I mean, you were attached pre-COVID. You were back for eight, nine months once Broadway came back. Were you planning to stay with the show any longer had it not closed or were you ready to close the chapter and move on? Yeah, definitely. I mean, all of our contracts were supposed to go through November and I think a lot of people, you know, it's so funny. Uh, We got so many posts and, and comments like, what, what's going on? How could it close? And it's just like, how could it close? Do you know what we have pushed through, you know, for the past year? I think the perspective on the industry was very warped at the time and in terms of what was succeeding and what wasn't. And our producers were incredible to keep us open that long and push through the Tonys and make sure that we were all still performing through then. And they they luckily had great money from the grants that we got during COVID and everything. But it wasn't 
at that point, Broadway was just not a system that was making money. Mm -hmm. And it just was, especially for a show as big as company. And it's so funny to say that that company was a spectacular, but it really was. (laughs) I mean, those sets were absurd and it costs a lot of money to run. And I think when they saw no bump from the Tony Awards, they were just like, oh, this will be impossible. And we have to end on a good note and end strong. And Patty was definitely leaving in August. So they didn't want to, you know, try and replace her and see if it worked. And it, it was the right way to do it. But I would have stayed to November and I think probably left then because I have kind of a one year limit with all of my roles. I notice that if I stay longer than that, I start to not appreciate them the way that I should. Hmm. And and so I always try to end when I, I don't want to leave or when it feels too soon. Because if you leave when it it doesn't feel that way, it's a very different way to leave. You're like, oh, thank God, which yeah. is horrible. It's horrible to end that way. I love how honest you are about that and and aware at this point, you know? Oh God. Yeah. I mean, it's work. I love, I love that people do have this like idea that formers should always just be like so grateful to be up there. And like, it's so fun. And like, you literally just are playing dress up every night. It's so easy, but it is work and it's hard work. And if you're saying the same thing over and over every single night and trying to find new, new things within it, you start to resent it after a while when you can't. Mm. And I think it's always good to leave when it's fresh and when it still feels good versus when you're really, really trying to uh, make it feel good. That's that's a hard that's a hard yeah. way to get through a show. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. And then when did the call come for Little Shop? Uh, the call came for Little Shop. I was with uh, actually the music director of the show, Will Van Dyke, is a dear friend of yeah. mine. We do all of our music together and concerts together since, uh, you know, I was like 20. And I was with him in San Francisco and I got a message from the producers in like the middle of the night. And like, would you be interested in doing this? And I was like, yeah, definitely. And by the next morning, I got a phone call asking me to to come into the show. It was supposed to be a two to three month run. And I was there for eight months. <laughs> so I I enjoyed it and extended a lot. And luckily yes. they kept me and, and allowed me to stay. But it, it just was the, the perfect fit for coming off of something and not really knowing what was next and being able to be a part of a really, really great family and a great group of people and play a role that I always wanted to play and in, a, in the perfect production. And I was like, yes. oh, I can't, I can't pass on this because it's a it's too good. It's a dream come true. And they they treat us well over at the West Side Theater. And that group of people, oh my God, I cannot say enough good things about them. The puppeteers, to the stagehands, to the hair and makeup team, and just everyone. Everyone was so, so wonderful there. And I didn't want to leave them. By the end, I think I was exhausted from Seymour. And I, I, <laughs> I, I, I just started to feel that like, oh, you might be uh, ready to go feeling. So it was perfect. It was like just the right way to mm-hmm. close it out because you don't know, but that role is really exhausting. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's a lot. He's running all over the place and screaming the entire time and bouncing off the walls. And like, I'm 36 now. And there was like one moment, like halfway through the run where I, I threw my back out like again. And I was like, oh no, you're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, you also had some really fun, you know, co-stars over the time. Oh, the best. Maude Apatow. I mean, that's Maude like Apatow, so fun. Lena Hall, and Lena. with Joy Woods. It was just, I had three amazing Audrey's. <laughs> that's also when I started to feel really like old there. I was like, oh, I'm on my third. Oh, I probably should go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> I I'm so sad that I missed out on that. It, it, we talked to Drew Galing a couple months ago, and he was saying your praises. And oh, that's so yes. kind. Drew is incredible, and also I shared. We all shared a very small dressing room together, but Drew and I shared little desk space together, and so he was just the perfect energy to walk into every day. And even on my bad days, Drew is just like he's really easygoing and he's always up, but he does it in a way that's not obnoxious, you know, mm-hmm. not like jarring, you yeah. know. <laughs> so uh, I. I just always needed his energy and and uh he's a great great cast member and a great supporter of of everyone in the building that's amazing to hear was you go yeah. from the glamour of broadway and then just sharing a dressing room with a bunch of people it's yeah it's so interesting how the business is I, it is interesting and it's also like i think it's really important to make sure that you do that because that is how it is half the time yeah. and a lot of the shows that uh, you know brad oscar and i were were in that dressing room together and like barely able to change you know it's that small space but we did that off broadway with weenie todd together and mm. so we had like oh. shared that experience together and knew that and you know at that point during sweeney todd i think Brad was a two-time Tony nominee and you know yes. it's it's mm-hmm. always going to be like that you have to you have to do the the small spaces and and remember that a fancy dressing room comes uh once in a blue moon yes it's like paying your dues but in like yeah. everyone has to do it type thing yeah everyone has to do it and everyone's going to keep doing it it's mm-hmm. theater you know there's really no like even when you're in those Broadway houses like there's mold in the walls you right. know like yeah. it's, there's not a lot of glamour so yeah. it's nice to like remind yourself of like oh part of theater is knowing how to be with your company members even on your worst day. A small dressing room will do that and make sure that you shape up and get over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about you have kind of a year limit on your roles or the things that kind of keep you grounded in your, how you exist in the business. We ask all of our guests, as you know, about the moment that got them interested and invested in the arts in the first place. But since we've already had you on and we've done this with the other two that came back, for return chats. Yeah. I'm curious if you've had a ring of keys moment that's re-inspired that love for the business in general, whether it be enjoying it or participating in it. Have you had anything since we last chatted that kind of rings a bell there? Yeah, definitely. So this is no slight to my other Audrey's. I want that to be very, very clear. <laughs> Lena Hall and I have known each other for years. Maude was wonderful. I enjoyed every moment on stage with her. I got to end this run with Joy Woods, who's 23, I think. Mm-hmm. And we immediately just clicked backstage when she she came in to replace as a te- again as a temporary urchin and then left. And I was like, I like that girl. She's funny. And she she gets me. And, and I really want to spend more time with her. Then she reached out to me and was like, hey, if you're staying, you should stay. And I was like, why? And she was like, well, it's possible I might be your Audrey. (laughs) And I was so excited. But then I got to work with her and see her Audrey and see what she brings to the stage. And it was just, it was a total ring of keys moment for me because it was sitting and watching somebody that I know is just about to explode, not because they're gorgeous and have all the goods, not or their voice is incredible, not the simple things, but because they get it on a level that's stardom. It's supernova. It's I'm watching someone literally at the very, very moment before we all say, Joy Woods, you know, Joy Woods is so special. Joy Woods can do anything. Joy Woods is a role model, you know, mm. and I'm so excited for her because I know that's all about to happen. I'm like, I'm saying it now on this podcast and we'll, we'll listen back. She's going to do the notebook this yes. on Broadway this coming spring, but her Audrey was so special, 
so emotionally rooted and I can't get over her talent. She is able to do something to an audience that's really, really rare. And in the same way I, I you know, saw Sutton was like, oh, that's that's the next level. You know, mm. I saw Patty for the first time when I was a kid. I'm really putting her with that group. I really am. I'm being that that insane because um, <laughs> I just think she's I think she's the next like really big Broadway star. And I'm so excited uh, for this generation to just like see everything that she can do, because on top of everything, she's that actress, she's that singer. And then she's like actually a dancer first. Oh, like wow. it's just absurd. And so I can't wait to just see what she does i think she's incredible oh my god oh she's she's taking it high yeah. praise from you matt yeah. i love her so much and i feel like oh my god i could go on and on about mod and lena i want to be clear about that but joy's fresh in my mind right now and, and coming off that run it was just incredible so special yeah i mean also mod and lena are more established at this point in both of their careers yeah absolutely so joy, yeah you're... i mean lena i don't have to yeah. say that about you come on you know <laughs> and mod Mod, I can't. I'm gonna go see Mod in, in cabaret, in London, so I can't wait to see that because that's a perfect role for Mod. I'm so excited. Oh yeah, we we got to see that production in January. We were in London, Connor and I, and your mind is gonna be blown. Yeah, it's I can't just wait. beyond. You'd be great as the MC. I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> Matt, so. I think you could do it. You could do it. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, th I think everyone would laugh if I tried to MC. They'd be like, no, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you're going to London for a very specific reason. Yeah. Is this exciting news about Sinatra the Musical? Yeah. Now, what can you tell us about this show, this role, how it came to you? Oh, so many things, you guys. I'm so excited. So I think coming off of the, what I'll say first is coming off of the Tony win was amazing. But I did know literally that night I was thinking about it of like, oh, this might be the trope that I get put into for the rest of my career mm -hmm. now. And because it was so authentically me, I played myself on stage and <laughs> you play yourself the best, you sure. know, and, and I do. And a lot of people win for playing themselves. If you like go through Tony's and nominees, it's like, oh, they played themselves. That's why they were mm -hmm. there. So it was just so in their body and bones. And I was a little scared that it would become like everything that I did and kind of, you know, Seymour was close to that in a, in a lot of ways. This kind of nervous, uh, sad clown energy. And I, of course, got nonstop, you know, come in for this pilot, come in for this, come in for this show that was like the gay best friend, or as my friend Andy Mientis calls them, yes, honeys, or dump them honeys, you know, where it, it's just like, oh, just literally there to say like, dump them honey, you know, mm -hmm. and I knew that was coming. And I, I kind of just said no to all of it, because it it's like the bad stereotype version of Jamie with like no heart and soul and why you would mm -hmm. want to play that role. And I wanted to go in for something that would have been like the complete opposite. So I, I when I saw Sinatra announced, I grew up obsessed with Sinatra. My grandmother, a crazy Italian grandmother, introduced me to him when I was a kid. And the, as soon as I started singing, said, you sound like Frank. So I, I loved him growing up. And he was a huge part of how my voice developed and how I approach phrasing myself. And I was really excited to possibly just show a side of myself in the audition and just like mm -hmm. go in for something that was so different. And I text my agent. I was like, I have to be seen for this. And I have the text. And he was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, really? And I was like, yes, fuck you. Uh, I <laughs> this. And so I went in and Kathleen Marshall kind of did the same thing, you know, like, oh, honey, I 
I, I didn't know. And the next day was for all of Universal Music and all of Warner Music and Tina Sinatra, his youngest daughter, who owns the estate and is producing the show. I went in for her and she was kind of like slamming the table and nodding the whole time. And I was like, well, I think this is going well. <laughs> and left the audition and got a phone call from Kathleen almost immediately saying, honey, you need to come to Orso right now. And I was like, Orso, the Italian restaurant? She was like, yes, right now. <laughs> And so I went and I had dinner with Tina Sinatra for an hour and then was brought over to this table of like 15 people from Warner Music, Universal, everything. This is like, I'm not even joking, like an hour before my half hour for, for Little Shop. And I'm like, <laughs> I gotta go, you guys. I mean, yeah. have to go get ready. And I sat down at the table and then Tina made a toast and she was like, I can already tell you're like a son I never had. Welcome to the family. And I was like, what is happening right now? What? That's crazy. <laughs> what is going on? And then Kathleen was like, okay, I, I, I'll walk you to the door, honey. I know you need to go. And so like, I then was like ushered out by Kathleen and she was like, so you'll get an offer um, and it's going to be Birmingham and then the West End and then Broadway. Are you on board? I was like, uh, this is not how things work. Right. <laughs> Oh so my that God. was like, that's how I got it. And then I walked in shell-shocked. I'm sure I was so obnoxious. You know, I walked in shell-shocked to my theater and I like walked into the dressing room. I was like, you guys, something crazy just happened. <laughs> Everyone looked at me like, what? What are you talking about? I was like, I'm going to be bring Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> I also was like seven months ago. I mean, it's taken a really, yeah. really long time. So I've just been sitting on it for months and months and months and kind of finished up my Seymour run, trying not to do a Frank Sinatra accent because I was working on it, you know. Yeah, right, you're yeah, trying, trying not to be Italian bit, yeah. out there. Um, <laughs> it's been a really wild ride and I'm just... I, ask away i'm so excited about every yeah. aspect of this yeah well, yes. I'm, curi well, I'm curious yeah congrats this Thank is going to be amazing you. i mean when the news came out well when you told us but then when the news yeah. came out i was like <laughs> oh my god i'm yeah. gagged but what type of bio musical yeah. is it are yeah. you able to say what it is at these in this stage absolutely I'm so thrilled about it because the first thing that I was really excited about when I finally got the script before the audition was, it's really good. And I was like, oh, thank God. You know, it's one thing to be like, I really want to play Frank Sinatra in the biomusical and do a biomusical role. And, you know, if the book sucks, who cares? And I think there's an attitude towards a lot of jukebox musicals at that point. Like, well, of course the book is going to be bad, you know? There is. That is such a yeah. thing. Yeah. That is such yeah. a thing. Wait, Matt, I remember you saying to us about the Huey Lewis yeah. show, you were like, people were, had a really bad attitude about yeah, it yeah. but they hadn't even seen yeah. it i remember you telling yeah, us absolutely. that it might even be on the last podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's allegedly coming to broadway isn't it i know they're, they're working on it now i had to yeah. not do it because of sinatra but huey was amazing i reached out to huey and he was like dude you have to go play sinatra it was it was awesome <laughs> yeah um and i wish them well it's a very sweet sweet piece and i think uh -huh. again it will surprise people of how like lovely and fun it is Mm -hmm. But Sinatra, Joe's book is really smart. Joe is a, uh, Joe DiPietro is a Jersey Italian oh. who's been writing this hand in hand with Tina, who's not afraid of telling a very honest story of her dad. And so what it does essentially is it just shows the youngest part of his life and his life cycle and his career, which is up until he won the Oscar for From Here to Eternity, which is where our story kind of wraps up. I love From Here to Eternity. 
incredible and his performance is outrageous in it. He's just, and he fought so hard to get that, that role, but it's about his crazy, crazy rise to fame. And then just this disastrous come down that people don't really know about when he was in the tabloids and dating Ava Gardner and marrying her and splitting with his wife. And he, everyone thought he was completely done. And he was singing, you know, in the basement of uh, the Coca-Cabana and people didn't think his career was going to go anywhere. And he had this just massive comeback and uh, it's really mm. tells the story of how he fell into that position and who he was and why he was difficult and why he was brilliant and why he was wonderful. You know, all of the, all of the colors of him and it's really smart and it uses all the music from his career within the story. So it's not like a Wikipedia page where we're going through and we get to the next song and the next hit and the next hit mm -hmm. and then this happened. It's fleshed out. Scenes are sometimes narrative and songs are sometimes narrative and then they break into performance. So the big band will rise up behind him and uh, <sighs> I've Got You Under My Skin is at first about Ava Gardner and then it turns into a performance, you know? Uh, oh, so yeah, cool. Yeah, it's really smart and some of the other characters get to sing really beautiful classics as well so if you have nancy sinatra senior at home you know reading the tabloids about him and ava gardner singing in the wee small hours of the morning heartbreaking brilliant i yeah. mean it's really smart i can't i can't wait for people to see it yeah oh my god i love that it's like a slice of his life but it's not restricted to just that well it allows me to then create a role too because i think the danger especially with frank <laughs> is if i just go out there doing the closest impersonation that i can possibly do that's the worst thing i could do with frank especially because people are just gonna feel like they're watching a vegas act or no offense to vegas yeah. performance right, uh, right. an impersonation of him and just be like oh i wish i could just watch him mm -hmm. you know or just listen to his album yeah. so you have to fall kind of in between what I bring as a performer what he brought as a performer and give people enough Frank, but give people not too much Frank because then it feels insincere. It's just this juggling act. And I think the book falls in a really nice place to allow me to do that correctly. That sounds wow. beyond. Joe DiPietro, did he do a Bronx Tale? Am I like wrong about this now? Joe DiPietro did Memphis. Memphis, that's, that's what, what it was. was. Okay, okay. And yeah, we can't yeah. forget. He did, Diana. Diana. He, did do Diana. <laughs> he did Diana. He did Diana. I know. Oh, and he would like sit here and be like, I did do yes. Diana. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're talking to two Diafanas, don't you worry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> he loves what's happened to it. Yeah. He thinks it's hysterical and brilliant. And I, he has the best <laughs> attitude about it. And I also loved what he did with Nice Work If You Can Get It with Kathleen. It's the same yes. team, essentially that okay. and, um, and it's it, it feels similar in in a, like a Gershwin review because you have all these classic songs that never ever feel pigeonholed because they're all from musicals mm -hmm. and they're all narrative so you just put them in a different context and they still feel so theatrical and so Broadway versus like you know oh they managed to fit this pop song in somehow mm -hmm. you know where yeah. you're kind of like groaning through yeah. and you're like yeah. I guess that kind of works right it doesn't work but let's <laughs> pretend it does yeah it really right. it, it's it's remarkable how well these songs fit because they're all you know cole porter classics and mm -hmm. and jerome kern and just brilliant brilliant songs does on the town fall into that era that, that the show will be yeah okay. yeah it's right around that time okay. and uh in, in terms of the style and and he would have been shooting that movie at one point in our school okay and, okay yeah God, I love so that that, that is that's the frank that we're we're giving okay. uh, frank up until from here to eternity which is a very different frank than what everyone i think knows really well which is the rat pack era mm -hmm. and an older frank we're getting just to the nelson riddle years okay but uh 
using a lot of Nelson Riddle arrangements throughout and, and that style. So the music is always going to be the music, you know, but mm-hmm. a story that you haven't necessarily heard. Ooh, love it. I yeah. always get a little nervous with a biopic, biomusical, et cetera, yeah. when someone very close to the estate is yeah. involved, but I'm relieved to hear you say that you're seeing every, every shade of Frank in this, you know, the, the dirty parts, the great parts, the everything. So 100%. that's going to be great. I was nervous about it too, but she's, I love Tina. She texts me. She's been my like greatest supporter and uh, fought for me and is just incredible. And she has just a wonderful pr- perspective on her dad because she also grew up in a household where she watched what her dad did to her mom, you know, mm-hmm. and but everyone in that family and in that household was very modern for the time. And Ava Gardner was modern and Nancy was modern and they all had an understanding of love and sex and, you know, family values that is like just so beyond the time that it was taking place in. Nancy embraced Ava and the family did as well. And she became family member up until the day she died long after their, their marriage. And everyone just understood things in a way that it was like not tolerated at the time you couldn't talk about that you couldn't talk about Ava even said to Frank when they got together like I'm gonna sleep around as much as you do you know and like uh, (laughs) you have met your match essentially you know and that was that was what's so exciting about the story too is because I think that it's really really surprising to get a glance of these characters and not see it through the lens of this like 1940s or 1950s storytelling Mm -hmm. you know it's it's truthful and uh, she's not afraid of telling the truth uh that's awesome you'll learn very quickly any time spent with her you're like oh (laughs) oh we're talking about that now okay (laughs) they they were pioneers for open relationships yeah Yeah. honestly they were i like i i he's you know he's discusses a lot he had an arrangement with nancy and she put this is true she put condoms in his luggage when he moved out to hollywood because she was like i know so please just don't like don't make someone pregnant you know <laughs> like yeah. just don't wow. be dumb yeah well yeah. we do have ronan farrow out there somewhere in the world but that's a whole different topic i guess <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like where's my contract what can i not talk about right i know i know, I know. <laughs> it was kathleen marshall director choreographing yes she is okay oh my god and the yeah. group of people that we have you guys uh, i i have not worked with like a full british cast and a, uh, i've been so so eager to do something on the west or something in the UK because I went to school out there and thought like, right. oh, I'll never actually be able to work here. So that aspect of this whole journey, and it's going to be a long one, is really, really exciting. And I can't wait for people to see just this the group of people that we put together out there. And then we have another American as well, Anna, Anna. California. Yeah. yeah, She's done the pod. Oh. We love her oh, so much. Love She's her. been so generous with us. She's and the best. I mean, I'm so excited to see her in a new show. Yeah, and to be taking on this role, she's so studied and so smart and so organized. I'm a disaster, you guys. So, like, my script is just pages falling out. And she's like, she looked at me. She was like, you're playing the lead. I'm like, I'm like, this is who I am. I like, I walk into a room and like pages fall out and I, I never actually highlight this and that. She's like, she's the one like with the tabs and she's got everything mm-hmm. labeled and like where it's taking place. And like, you can like, I'm sure there's an index, you know, like it's just <laughs> so put together and so refined. And she's like, have you watched this yet? Have you studied that yet? I'm like, Anna, you're overwhelming me. <laughs> 
Uh, I can't That's wait hilarious. for it to come to Broadway. I've got to go see yeah. it in London for yeah, sure. Yeah, so hopefully all goes well. You know, the plan is, <laughs> I'm like, is this okay to talk about? I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, the plan is Birmingham and then uh, West End next year and then Broadway after. So, oh um, of course, anything Incredible. could change, but uh, signed on for it all. So I should be attached to all of them. That's so amazing. And and the dogs will stay in yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, the dogs are going to stay or, in Jersey. Sorry, we can, cut, we can cut where you live, but yeah. Oh, please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm in Jersey City, everyone, and the dogs will be here. And that's another exciting thing is I'm literally like five minutes away from his birthplace walking distance. And so it's it's been yeah. really wonderful to like be above Hoboken where I am and walk down to Sinatra Park and right there. It's so weird because where I am just getting coffee in the morning, there's like these like portraits of Frank everywhere, you know, because it's just it's this area that celebrates him. Yeah. So I'm like, whoa, that's really weird. It's all meant to be. Yeah. Seriously. uh, Yeah. Next year, because I have to do, have to, I'll do a year in the West End. So I do think we'll split Theo's time in Jersey and and London because my youngest is kind of my emotional support dog and I need him there. And he can fly, you know, he he can can travel. The other two can. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sweet. Well, I'm just so excited. If I I need to see it, I think, in the West End because it's just gonna be too far away for Broadway at this point. Matt, your your (laughs) your happiness and vibes are just emanating off of you. I'm so thrilled. I'm I'm so excited. It's been, you know, it's a something that I is just going to be so different from the last thing that I did. So I'm excited to share that. And I'm also excited to create it in a way that's like away from everything here, because I would be, I think a little bit more self-conscious doing it here because everyone knows me. So it's nice to develop it in a really safe space. And I show just a completely different color of everything. I mean, I even like, it's a baritone role and everyone's used to hearing me sing like high tenor notes. Mm -hmm. So even just like that alone is like, oh, I'm excited to show this side of my voice, you know? And it feels like like drama school in the best way where like we all became actors to act you know we all became actors to put on different hats and and play and and do different things and develop that and uh i get to flex that muscle in every aspect of this and and take on uh a guy that i relate to on a lot of emotional levels but like if you look at a side to next to each other in a room you're like oh they're nothing like each other but Mm. i finding him has been just so thrilling and i Apparently it's going well because everyone's very excited about what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, I believe room. it. I believe it. I also love, I have to say oh, yeah. that you're gay in Sinatra yeah. straight. I love that we have this, you're an out and proud guy, Matt. Like, Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it will upset some, you know, very conservative Sinatra fans if they find out that aspect about me. But the best thing about it is that it doesn't, freaking have anything to do with it right like it just doesn't you know like and that's my favorite thing about it is like it is the first role that i've done in a while where like no my personal sexuality and my personal life in in that aspect has nothing to do with this role Mm -hmm. like period end of discussion yeah what i am thrilled about is that I, I get to just show <laughs> that it shouldn't have anything to do with the role, you mm-hmm. know? And I will say that Tina Sinatra, when it was kind of like sent her way at one point, like, oh, just how do you feel about that? She said back, like, I don't want to use the word homophobic, so please don't make me. And I was like, yes, Tina Sinatra. <laughs> like, hell yes. I mean, just really wonderful group of people where it was like, that's not an issue. Moving on, you know? Mm. And I'm like, great. That's perfect. And I'm so glad that we're there now yeah. that you're letting an actor act. Yes. Oof, love. Oh my God, Matt. I feel like this chat flew by, but it's already time to wrap. I can't believe it. I know. I, know. I love you guys. 
Literally amazing. Thank you so much for joining us again. Before we do end, yeah. though, we've got to say goodbye with a dose of drama, a little oh, yeah. anything on your mind. You know, it could be a pop culture recommendation, something you want to rant about, okay. rave about, share with okay. everyone. <laughs> and I was actually recently in London. And while I was there, I started watching this BBC gay dating show called oh. I Kissed a Boy, hosted by Danny Minogue, icon yeah. Danny Minogue. And y'all, I'm obsessed I ended up getting a VPN so I could finish watching it while I'm back in the States. It is so good. I mean, I have never seen a show like this. And so season one of this is like gay boys, you know, they're in Italy. They're, the plot is you show up and you have to either kiss or not kiss this guy that you're paired with. And then at first sight, and then you kiss them and you enter the Masseria where it's kind of love island vibes where like you can like mix and match your pairs. Wow. But if you don't get a kiss by the end of the night, you have to leave Whoa. but new boys keep getting thrown in and the relationships get mixed up and everything it's so good it's so fun and next season it's going to be i kissed a girl yes. so they're switching it up as it love goes that. on yeah and i love it so much i wish that they could stream it in america easily but y'all if you have the patience to figure out how to download a vpn and can watch these eight episodes you will not regret it it's amazing yep. so and matt you'll be able to watch, be able it, when to you're watch there. it um, um going off of that have you Great. like flipped through e4 at night while in the uk and found that naked dating show no but i've heard about this what? before have you yeah, watched they it they start from the bottom up <gasps> and literally like the camera like zooms in fully on all the genitalia and they do it with men and women men uh, men and men and women and women and one person gets to examine them first that way and then it goes the next part up and it reveals their chest area and all of that and then they get to like examine what they do and don't like about that and then the face is last and they get to examine what they do and don't like about that and they like eliminate as they go along but literally I was like sitting there I had no idea that the show was on or anything and I, was, I just was staying in London recently and sitting there and flipping through and it was just like five penises like dangling and being zoomed in on and everything and they were discussing like what was nice about each of them i was like what is that what is that what is happening this is like on e4 what's going on and i'm like turning right even talking about it which is so weird and so amazing Man, i do that on a, on a tuesday I night know. i mean my god <laughs> <laughs> but it's so like american that we like react that way because mm -hmm. you know and then the women came out and they're doing the same with the vaginas and talking about what's yeah. like interesting and nice about each of them i'm like i just was i was sending text messages with pictures of it to anna who was in like the next hotel room i was like Turn it on. Can you believe this? She was like, what are you doing? What are you watching? <laughs> She's like, I'm watching a, a Sinatra classic film right now. Yeah, yeah. I was like, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. So, I, should, I need to watch it. That sounds amazing. Are the people, like, attractive? Is that, like, No, you know, well, yes. I mean, that was, I started with the word no. What, yeah. I, what I was trying to say is what I love about it is that it's not these, like, douchey fit people it's very just like normal bodies mm -hmm. like across the board and you know all different types and it never feels like they're body shaming any of them it's just That's like amazing like what you are you specifically the person looking uh, like are attracted to and why you like this about them and i was like <gasps> i just like i guess that's my obsession you guys is i was taking that in oh my god yeah. i love it yeah but I'll, I'll, I'll okay, say well, one more thing oh yeah yeah if, yeah, please look up this show from 
it's on MGM Plus right now. It started on Epics, which I don't think exists anymore. And it's a streaming okay. show. Uh, there's so many out there, but it's like a horror mystery show that's very similar to Lost, where all these people get trapped in a town, and every night monsters come out to kill them. <laughs> it, Wait, I saw the trailer for this. It's, it's a scary, scary. Yeah, trailer. Yeah, like, yeah, And yeah. it's great, and we're addicted to it, and there's two seasons. There's going to be a third, so I guess it's been a bit of a hit. From. It's just called From. It's great. Yes. I might start it tonight, because that is right oh, on yeah. my street. I mean, I yeah. love Lost. It's oh my very God. So Lost. That's... Very Lost. Yeah. Okay. Are there actors in it that we know? I don't think okay. so, honestly. Yeah, and I actually love that. It's like, there's so many TV actors in it that I've, like, never men yeah you know yeah. <laughs> i'm like great yeah don't know any of you don't know your work i just get to watch the show you <laughs> and know? if they die it's like you know you develop that connection to them not with any yeah. prior uh attachments wait you know? so so yes, a monster exactly. comes every night and kills someone multiple yeah there's right? like monsters in the the village yeah or and every single night if they don't like lock up right and put a talisman on their their door and everything they will like rip them apart oh my god yeah. that sounds a little scary for me but <laughs> that's I'm, like I'm smiling for the listeners gory. <laughs> that's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i know i love horror and i love like yeah mm. i love gory stuff and it's like burying my face half the time i won't deny yeah. that you know but like, i love horror yeah i look away and then then i usually re-watch the movie after i've accepted everything and i'm like okay now i can examine it fully. yeah <laughs> but that's why i like watching at home because i can like in a moment of anxiety be like okay oh yeah. yeah i have to pee mm-hmm. i have to go to the bathroom yeah. i have to get another drink yeah yeah you're like crawling back peeking in the door yeah, yeah. okay my dose of drama really quickly is also a reality show that's uk based connor you convinced me to watch the traders uk it is the best show i've ever seen in the last couple of years have you seen it matt the traders no i haven't oh my god it's like the game mafia but turned into a tv show with civilians in the uk it is unbelievable the, all the rumors are true. It's beyond amazing. So everyone needs to check it out. Dylan, I knew but, you'd be hooked and you eat it yeah. right up. Like it's Oh, and there's the eye candy on the show. It's just... It's good. It's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Love me a British Essex lad. But anyways. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Matt, Matt, this has been such a treat. You know, we, we've always felt connected to you and have always adored you. But it just feels like so easy just to chat with you. And it means a lot to Connor and I, all the support. I know I could go for like another hour. Likewise, you guys, I, I really just adore you. And I'm so glad that the podcast has taken off and people are listening to you and laughing and, and uh, you have a wonderful perspective and warmth. And I'm, I'm so thrilled for you. Thank you. For you and your journey. Nice. Everyone already follows you. You're just at Matt F. Doyle on Instagram, right? Yeah. 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 What does the F stand for? Uh, Finnan, my middle name. So I have like the most Irish name in the world. And the last thing I'll say is like, I did have to literally tell the room as I walked in for the Sinatra audition, I am Italian. (laughs) 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 I promise. I know it sounds like I'm not, but I am. And uh, yeah, my my grandmother, uh, Geraldine Padula would be very happy right now. (laughs) Like there's a sauce recipe down the line okay like I oh, promise. Yeah. Yeah. oh yeah 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 exactly i'm like i grew up in that kitchen don't worry I uh-huh. yeah. well i know that there used to be like an irish versus italian type vibe our grandmother yeah. was not allowed to date the italian guy in yeah. in her hometown and so she lied to her family and told him that his name was daniel and not dante Amazing. so in the northeast <laughs> it was a little bit easier and uh in terms of that because it was at the community the italians ran mm-hmm. one thing and the irish ran one thing and they realized that they had to work together and yeah. <laughs> uh even frank sinatra's dad marty sinatra they had a, a pub in hoboken and they named it marty o'brien's because they knew more people would come so they embraced wow. the irish yeah <laughs> uh but yeah everyone's got to follow you 
at Matt F. Doyle while they're following you. They've got to follow the drama podcast, me at Connor McDowell and Dylan at Dylan McDowell. That's right. Thank you again, Matt, for everything and safe travels to the UK. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. And Connor, I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.